Well, good morning. Welcome once again to Milton Bible Church Online. Today is Valentine's Day. So I have a prayer for you. And that prayer is that today you would enjoy the love of God and that you would pass that love of God to, along to someone who's very important to you, who's very precious to you. Might be a neighbor, might be a friend, might be part of your family, but may you just know the presence of God's love in your life. Well, today we're gonna to continue a series that we started last week called Promises of Promises, Promises, Standing on the Promises of God. And today I wanna to talk to you about sensing peace, knowing peace, having God's peace in our life in, in our heart. If you've ever had a broken promise in your life, you know how painful that can be. Maybe it was a sacred promise that was made before family and friends, and that promise was broken and it left you devastated. Maybe it was a promise that was broken through a work relationship, perhaps a, a business relationship that just was so difficult to work through. Or maybe it's a promise that was broken by a friend that you thought was very dear, that you felt you could trust, and at the end of it, you, f you found out that really you couldn't. And, and sometimes we can ask ourselves, when we go through these times, we can ask ourselves, can I actually really trust anyone? Well, God wants to have a covenant relationship with us. He wants to give us blessings. He wants to make us promises. He wants us to know that in his word, there are things that we can stand upon, that we can count on, that we can, that we can uh, just like the solid rock that he is, that we can take to the bank and that we can rest assured that this promise is real. Well, today I wanna talk to you about the promise of peace. The promise of peace. Because I'm convinced that God, in his word, he makes promises that he will not break. And I believe that Christians live way below their level of privilege because God wants to bless us. He wants to give promises to us that he will fulfill. And so oftentimes, we miss those things because we were not standing on the promises of God. Well, I really believe God wants to give us peace. And during this day where so many people are filled with anxiety and worry and stress, I think there's nothing more wonderful than having the peace of God in our lives. And so we're gonna talk about peace. Recently, CAMH, which is the Center for Addiction and Mental Health, did a survey. Now you have to understand, CAMH is the largest mental health teaching hospital in Canada, and it's one of the leading research institutes in their area of specialty in the entire world. And this is what they found out of things that were going on with people amid the second wave of the pandemic. It said, first of all, people are really concerned about the financial impact of the pandemic. In fact, 38% of Canadians are very worried about the financial impact of the, of the pandemic. 
34% worry about getting ill. Now that's one in every three people that you see walking around, probably including you, are, are worried when they go out about getting sick from COVID. And then 30% carry around the fear of a loved one dying. Now those are real things. Those are great stresses that are happening in ca Canadian society right now. In fact, more than 25,000 weekly calls are made to the Toronto Mental Health Line. That has skyrocketed. Um, what they say in the study is this. There has not been a small or negligible, but a massive decline in the mental health of Canadians all across the board, including anxiety, depression, and isolation. So today I want to talk to you about peace, about sensing peace, about having peace, about the promise of peace from God's Word. Do you know what? I love the definition I was given several years ago about worry. Worry is like a rocking chair. It gives you something to do, but it doesn't get you anywhere. It's a great definition. There's a lot of truth in that. Well, this morning we're gonna take the advice of the Apostle Paul, and it's a practical lesson on how to have peace in your life. So if you have a Bible, I would invite you to turn uh, with me to Philippians chapter four. Philippians chapter four in your Bible. We're just gonna look at two verses this morning, verses six and seven. And in that, what you're gonna find, what we're gonna find, similar to what we saw last week, is that there is our part and there's God's part. There's a premise and there's a promise. We stand on the premise, we receive the promise. And so that's what we're gonna look at in this promise of peace in Philippians chapter four, verses six and seven. Listen to verse six, it says this, do not be anxious about anything, but in everything by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. Now I wanna stop here for just a moment because there are two phrases that I want you to underline. The first one is this, in everything by prayer, in everything by prayer. The second one I wanna highlight is, are the words with thanksgiving, with thanksgiving. As we talk in this series about the promises of God, we're gonna find out that God has incredible promises for us. But there's our part, as I said, and there's God's part. There's the premise and there's the promise. It's not just all God and it certainly isn't all us. But Paul here is telling us there are two things that we need to do if we want to invite the peace of God into our hearts. So here it is, here's the premise. Here's our part. Philippians chapter four, verse six. There's two things we just highlighted. I'm gonna expand on them. The first one is this, in everything by prayer. In other words, pray about everything. Pray about everything. There's nothing too great for God's power. There's nothing too small for God's care. Now, Paul was saying that God is an awesome God, and he can handle every part of the problem that you have and I have in my life. You know, we used to sing, 
the old hymn is a great hymn. Uh, uh, you know, it'd be wonderful to sing it again. But there's a stanza in it that says, Oh, what peace we often forfeit. Oh, what needless pain we bear when we do not carry everything to God in prayer. Now, I find that there's three kinds of people in the world. There's three kinds of people. There's the first kind of person that actually brings nothing to God in prayer. And that kind of person basically says, listen, I'm going to handle the worry. I'm going to take care of it. I'm going to do it myself. They're independent. They don't need God. They don't need uh, you, you or me. They're, they're just going to kind of have that worry work on them. And they go on with their life just trying to make their own breaks. Secondly, uh, the second category is the people who bring some things to God. They bring some things to God. And usually what happens is, is, and that's most of us, and what we do is we kind of go through life and we carry our burdens. And what happens is when things get too stressful or, they became, or we become too anxious or we carry too much worry, well, then we bring them to God when they become too heavy. And that is probably most of us in how we do things. Then there's the third category. The third category is the people who bring everything to God in prayer. They bring everything to God in prayer. And what Paul is saying is if you want the peace that will pass all understanding, learn to bring everything to God in prayer. In fact, the way to not worry about anything is to be prayerful about everything. Now, I want you to understand this is not a kind of robotic automatron, um, everything to God in prayer. You know, Lord, should I take my, you know, uh, a step with my right foot? Lord, should I take a step with my left foot? Lord, should I turn to the left? Lord, should I turn to the right? Lord, should I look up and down? Lord, should I look, you know, look around? That's not what this is about. What this is about is a life of prayer, an attitude of prayer, a relationship with the living God such that we are in communion with him and we're in a regular, uh, regular constant prayer relationship so that when things come up, it, we don't run to God just because they're too heavy or they're too stressful or they make us worry too much. We, God, it's automatic. We automatically go to God. It's a part of who we are. That's what it means to bring everything to God in prayer. That when it, it's not when things get heavy, it's as things grow, we're already in relationship with God in prayer on those issues. He's talking about having a prayerful attitude that our first response is to turn to God in prayer. As I said, most of us fall into the category number two, where we uh, carry many things for a period of time, and then we go to God to prayer when we say, I can't handle this on my own anymore. And so too many times we don't turn it over until it becomes too heavy. So the first thing that's important in finding God's peace is pray about everything. The second thing is to pray with thanksgiving. Philippians 4 verse 6 says this, 
It says, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. Do you know one thing that I find is a spirit of thankfulness always crops up in passages that talk about peace over and over again. You know, in everything give thanks, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus concerning you. You know, I love preparing these messages because I learn so much from them. And as I went from passage to passage, looking at passages of peace constantly, there was uh, references to thanksgiving or a thankful heart in those passages on peace. Let me give you an example. Colossians chapter 3, verses 15 to 17. Let me read it to you. This is what it says. It says, and the peace of, and, sorry, and let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts, to which indeed you were called in one body. Now take a look at the next phrase, and be thankful. Verse 16, let the word of Christ dwell in you richly, teaching and admonishing one another in all wisdom, singing songs and hymns and spiritual songs with thankfulness in your hearts to God. And then verse 17, and whatever you do in word or deed, do everything in the name of the Lord Jesus. And again, it says, giving thanks to God the Father through him. Pray about everything and be thankful. Recently, there was an article in the Washington Post and uh, it was entitled, People Share Positive Things That Happened Because of the Pandemic. People Share Positive Things That Happened During the Pandemic. Let me read the article to you. It says this, After Abraham Walker's older brother was shot and killed in a home invasion, he decided to move his family from New Orleans to Northern Virginia. He was drawn by the chance to give his boys a life in which they wouldn't see the loss of friends and relatives as normal. He describes himself as an aggressive optimist. He looks for the good during the awful, and when he doesn't see it, he tries to create it. It's why when he clicked on a Facebook page for residents in a neighboring county, he read through the posts and then started typing. What are some positive things that happened to you during COVID-19? In the days since, hundreds of people have responded, offering comments that tell of everything from simple appreciation to life-altering moments. Listen to some of the responses. I've been having the best time with my four-year-old. I never thought of myself as a good mother, but this isolation has brought us together. I successfully grew a tomato. I love that one. <laughs> That's fantastic. Or listen to this one. We have a swing set in our backyard now. Another one. Before COVID, I just got up late, ran around in a panic, usually in a bad mood, or at least sad, I endured a road-raged commute and arrived at the office late. Now I wake up and think, oh, 
I woke up again. And I go out to my balcony amidst the pine, amidst the pine trees and the chirping birds and the rising sun. Walker has also been thinking about some posts long after he read them. This is what he says. He says, I think a lot of people are going to be so traumatized by their old lives that they won't go back. I hope some people don't go back. That's the beautiful thing about destruction. You used to have a life. The coronavirus destroyed that life. Now you get to decide how to rebuild that life. And Walker says his brother's death, death was a tragedy, but it pushed him to relocate to Northern Virginia, where his family has created a new life, made friends, and connected with neighbors. He said, look at the afterwards. History tells us there is always an afterwards. That article was written by Teresa Vargas. A thankful heart implies four things, four things. The first thing that it implies is gratitude. A thankful heart just tells you that the person has an attitude of gratitude. Secondly, it implies perspective. A thankful heart implies perspective. You see, a person can be thankful that in the midst of their trial, in the midst of their suffering, in the midst of their difficulty, a person with a thankful heart is focusing upon God and what they see is the big picture. Otherwise, they would be so immersed by their own worries and their own difficulties that they would be swamped and they would be robbed of God's peace and God's assurance. The third thing that a thankful heart implies is maturity. A thankful heart implies emotional strength. Although emotions get pulled on quite heavily, we get torn this way and we get torn that way, but a thankful heart implies that their emotions don't rule them and don't rule their lives. And the last thing that a thankful heart implies is submission. And this is by far the most significant. You show me somebody that has a thankful heart in the midst of problems and they have a positive attitude on a dark day and can smile when the pressure's on and I'll show you a person that believes in God and believes that God is sovereign and this is where they're supposed to be and they're willing to submit to it. You show me someone that's critical, complaining, trying to jerk God around, and I'll show you a person that's not submissive. A cheerful attitude in the midst of, dis of, of extreme difficulties shows a very submissive servant heart to God. And Paul is telling us it's that kind of attitude that brings us peace. Sometimes we think that it's an absence of problems that brings us, us peace, but that's not true. Because no matter where you live, whether it's in the wonderful Milton, Ontario, Canada, Acton, Georgetown, um, uh, Burlington, Oakville, Mississauga, you know, or Vancouver or, or beyond, listen, all of us have problems. Does anybody here not have any problems? I'd like to meet you. Send me an email. 
Tell me that you have a life with no problems. I would love to meet you. I've never met that person yet. But let me tell you something. Uh, the absence of problems does not bring peace. It is the presence of a thankful and grateful heart that can see beyond the problem. It's a testimony of a man who is about to die from cancer, whom the doctor has given three months to live, who writes a Thanksgiving letter to friends and family, and this is the way he signs it off. I am thankful not for what I have, but for who has me. Now there's somebody that understands a peace that passes all understanding. So that's the premise. That's the promise. That's the premise. Pray about everything. Be thankful. Here's the promise. Verse 7. You ready? Verse 7 says this. And the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Now notice he says that God will bless us with two kinds of peace. The first one is a peace that surpasses all understanding. And what he's talking about, he's talking about a peace that's beyond all human control and beyond all human comprehension. In other words, man can't give it to you and man can't take it away from you because it's from God. The second thing about this peace is it's a peace that controls the way you think and the way you feel. It says that it will guard your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. And it's a picture of an army standing guard over a city so that no enemy can invade and do any damage. I want you to remember this, that the love of God desires only what's best for us. The wisdom of God knows only what's best for us. And the power of God allows only what's best for us. You know, the thought hit me as I was doing this message, and I was thinking about this peace that God gives. The only peace that God doesn't give is in the area of our lives that are not surrendered to him, that are not surrendered to him. Jesus said, if you seek first my kingdom, then all these things will be added to you, all these things. So what is it that is keeping you up at night? What is it that is haunting your dreams? What is it that causes you to be broken and stressed and filled with anxiety? And what is it that, that, that consumes your, your mind and your emotions and even affects your actions and your relationships with other people? Is it not time to bring it to God in prayer with a thankful heart, knowing that he will intervene, he will act, he will be there with you in the midst of the crisis and the promise and the difficulty and see if he will not give you peace. The promise of peace. It is something we so desperately need, especially during this day of COVID-19. I'm gonna pray for us. Thank you for listening. 
these are days in which we need so, uh, so much to stand on the promises of God's word. And I think as we go through these promises, through these days, you're going to learn to love them and you're going to learn to live in them. God bless you. Let's pray together. Father, you are a marvelous God. You see the sparrow when it falls. You know us. In fact, the psalmist says that we are wonderfully made. And as we go our different ways today, may we have a new sense of who we are because of your gift, Jesus Christ, who died for our sin. And may God bring an inner peace to those who are listening. May God bring a sense of peace, the promise of peace, to those who trust in you, to those who are walking with you. May it be a peace that is something that they've never experienced before, such the extreme that they walk with a sense of destiny and understanding that you are sovereign and you are in control. And so, Lord, we give our hearts to you in this. We give our hearts to you in all of our lives. Help us to be people of prayer, people of thanksgiving, people of joy, and may the joy of the Lord be our strength. Father, we commit ourselves to you, and we say we love you. We pray all these things in Jesus' strong name. Amen. All right, God bless you guys. Have a blast, and don't forget, it's Valentine's Day. Love on everybody you meet. God bless.